Work, wealth, wisdom. This is DC Entrepreneur. We're sharing stories, ideas, and lessons from startups and businesses in the pursuit of innovation. And we're helping build a community of problem solvers and thought leaders in the Washington area. Now, here's your host, George Mocharco. This is George Macharco with WERA 96.7 FM. I'm here today in the studio with Cherian Thomas. He is the CEO of Spotlock. Welcome today, Cherian. Thanks so much, George. Good to be here. Cherian, please tell us about Spotlock for those that don't know. <laughs> those of you that don't know means we're not doing our job correctly. But Spotlock is food fun local. Um, we help bring yield management to the restaurant space. So we created a product that restaurants love because uh, we, we fluctuate discounts uh, for restaurants based on day, time, and weather, other factors that affect restaurant occupancy. But then what we do for consumers is we make dining fun. It is really hard to figure out where to eat when you go to these hyper-local neighborhoods like Arlington. But within Arlington, you've Ballston, Clarendon, Courthouse, all these hyper-local neighborhoods. Um, and we help solve the dining dilemma. We give our users one spin per day. Uh, we help them pick our, you know, a random restaurant. And they get a, awarded a huge uh, discount for doing so, depending on what day it is and what time it is. This is a really interesting idea. And as I understand, it developed out of your studies at business school, correct? Uh, it did. It was just an idea at that point. So um, I was actually doing the executive master's in leadership program at Georgetown University. Um, I had finished my MBA. I really think life is about leading people. So I wanted to you know, have have the credentials to back that, I guess, the accolades. And so um, you know, I had a capstone. I took it seriously. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a good testament of showing, hey, take your deliverables or homework seriously because you never know what can come out of it. Uh, but I'd really, really just say that None of this happens without a great team. Um, that really started with our co-founder, Brad Saylor. Uh, he was a corporate attorney and CPA, um, so it made for a real great dichotomy. Uh, every good business kind of needs an inside guy, an outside guy. Uh, and we, we clearly clicked. Uh, and you know the people at, that work uh, on our team right now, uh, they're all the CEO of their own positions. And we all just click and jive, eat, breathe, live, sleep, spotlock. So um, it certainly started at Georgetown, but it is not what it is today without you know the, the team that's been involved at this date. So how did you realize that you had a feasible idea that could turn into a minimum viable product? How did you know that this would be something that would work? Um, sure. So, you know, ideas always need to be tested, right? It's like test your assumptions, make sure that, you know, if I build this, they will come. <laughs> um, and so when we first started out, we, we, want, we built a website just to show a video. And the video was if, you know, it was kind of a cartoon. It was a guy named Charlie Parker. He was having a facing a dining dilemma. He didn't know where to eat. And then he bust out the app. He'd get a spin. It would select a restaurant. It was all local. And, you know, we conveyed our message in a one minute clip. Uh, and that video was great to share not only uh, amongst my Georgetown classmates, but also to our friends, family. And we even used it at a festival. Uh, and we got so many people that agreed to put in their zip code, like, yes, bring this product to my neighborhood, that that's when we really knew, okay, this is worth pursuing to the next level. Let's create the MVP. Let's make this thing happen. And so uh, we certainly test this, tested assumptions with that, with surveys. Uh, you have to remember, <clears throat> we're business guys. So we definitely did our, you know, 
empirical research. We wanted to make sure we had our you know situational analysis, our environmental analysis. Hey, how big is the market? Uh, and all the boxes checked. I mean, you're talking about independent operators, independent restaurant industry in the United States, $160 billion industry. Uh, go big, right? If we capture a sliver of the market share, then the rewards could be, um, you know, tremendous. So, uh, And then on the other side, we wanted to solve a recurring problem, which is everybody and anybody, right, uh, faces a dining dilemma. Uh, I'm sure you've been in a situation where you've been arguing about where to eat and it takes time. 15 minutes to yeah. figure out. Well, in 15 seconds, we help you make a dining decision and we give you a little bit of a nudge uh, to get you in the door. Uh, but that nudge we make sure is smart. Uh, and that's where our patented software comes in where uh, we fluctuate the incentives based on those factors, day, time, weather, distance, consumer behavior, uh, ratings, all sorts of different factors. So. So you have this demand pricing kind of set up into the back end of the app. Can you talk about how you developed that and came up with that idea to work with the restaurants and partner with your your local vendors? It's simple. It is the future, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I fundamentally feel that 2020, you're going to go shopping at Montgomery Mall and prices will change in front of your face or at the grocery store in front of your face. Uh, There's just enough information out there uh, that, you know, we know that somebody is uh, buying chewing gum. It's an impulse buy. It's right at the register. You know, you might get away with an extra cent or half a penny or whatever it may be. Uh, It's just a matter of time before that happens. And I take that to the grave with me. But you know, from this standpoint, we wanted to make sure that it was applied to the restaurant space. So before we started taping, you, you showed me a heat map that you had. Can I talk about that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, it's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, we have a, a great, great teammate on our team. His name's mm-hmm. Shree, and he's all things data, right? He's an absolute data beast. And, you know, he put together this this video, which basically shows where people are opening up Spotluck and spinning the app. Um in the United States, right, on a month-by-month basis. And you'll notice we have a contained marketing strategy, meaning I don't really want people in San Francisco knowing about Spotluck because I don't have restaurants there for you. Um, So we try to market only in and around the DMV, and now over the past month, Philadelphia, since we launched there. Um, And as you saw in that video, D.C. is an amazing, amazing market to launch a product at. Because it's such a melting pot and because it's so transient, people are taking great ideas and great concepts and then going back to Florida or going back to, you know, their Chicago and talking about it. And so uh, that map is a real great indication of how we've been able to fill one side of the funnel in a two-sided marketplace. So we've got consumers on one side, we've got restaurants on the other. Uh, the fact that you know, people through word of mouth are kind of sharing the app means that making our uh, consumer acquisition is much easier. So, yeah. So, uh, what, what's interesting to me is that uh, part of the success here is tied to the fact that there's just been so much development in DC. Um, one of the things that the app does is you work with local based restaurants. Can you talk about how you select the neighborhoods that you do? Yeah, sure. So the success here is definitely because um, of of D.C. in itself. I mean, it's arguably one of the largest dining booms going on in the nation right now. Uh, but it's also v- very similar to Philadelphia, right? It's very local. People want local. People are proud of their neighborhoods. Um, and so we select the neighborhoods, um, you know, in a very, very targeted approach. So you'll notice Arlington, right? I mean, you've got it's so hyper-local, right? It's Boston. You have a hub there you can spin. You've got Clarendon you can spin. Courthouse you can spin. Crystal City, right? And it's con- keeping up with consumer trends. People want local. No one wants to spin a wheel and land on TGI Fridays. They want to land on, hey, where do the locals eat around here? 
Um, and then it's also keeping up with consumer trends, I guess, in the, the media space as well, right? Everybody wants to know what's going on in their block, not what's going on in Virginia. Uh, tell me what's going on in my street. Uh, and, and that's what we do. Now, one of the things I think that's interesting is you've done a lot of neighborhood events and uh – Part of it is incorporating the design of the app into the real world. Uh, your, your spinning wheel. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about how user experience plays a part in the app? Uh, it plays the entire part of the app, right? We used to think, you know, Brad had a great idea, I had a great idea, even our internal team has a great idea. None of that matters until your user base validates it. <laughs> um, and so, what we've been really fortunate to have here is a an organic user base that is very engaged. So we get emails all the time. Um, we conduct focus groups. We push a you know button, say, hey, we're thinking about introducing search. 150 people show up at our office just to give feedback on on what the app should be like. And so that's an amazing feeling. And so um, you know some of the advice that I always give other entrepreneurs is get the product out there, let people touch it, feel it, use it. You're going to have some hiccups, but you're going to learn from it, and you're going to develop a kick-ass product because it's made by users for users as opposed to behind the scenes, assuming what you, you think you know what the user is going to do with their thumb. Uh, you know, you think you, you know what the user is going to do as soon as they get their tab, right, and so forth. So, Right. So it's interesting. You've got the balance of big data, and then you've got the balance of user experience really kind of blending together to create this, this app. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you know now? Uh, in how, how many years has, has Spotluck been in, in oh, business gosh, now? We launched June 2014. 2014. So just, over, just over two years now. So. so what do you know now that you didn't know when you first started out that you wish you knew then? <laughs> oh, gosh, a lot. Um, I would say that the product is never done, right? You always have all these features in the pipeline. Uh, Brad is really kind of our CFO, COO, CPO. He, he really kind of handles a lot of the, the product design and Inside that head of his, he's got some amazing features that we haven't released to the public. And it used to be we'd be like, no, don't don't push the app out. Don't don't let the public see it until it has this or until it has that. Or And the bottom line is, is it's never going to have everything you want in it. So just get it out there and you can always build upon it. And I wish someone would have told me that because um, when we first submitted our first build to, to Apple, it actually got rejected. Immediately, we took that and said, okay, well, we have a little bit of time now. Let's make it better. (laughs) And really, we probably could have gained a lot just by putting it out there and gaining what their first exact users wanted to say about that first iteration that would have come out. So uh, let's talk about the entrepreneurial journey. Now, you're an entrepreneur in residence at Georgetown. Uh, Can you talk about some of the people that you've worked with as part of your, your kind of giving back to the community, coaching yeah, I'm an entrepreneur in residence at Georgetown University. Their McDonough School of Business has the Startup Hoya program, which Jeff Reed has done an incredible job building. Um, and it's probably the most rewarding part of my day because everybody has an idea for an app, especially this generation, but no one really knows how to turn it into a monetized business. And it is not easy. Um, there is, uh, you know, th- there's just so many things that people don't consider. It's actually often hilarious when sometimes, you know, you sit on um, uh, tech panels or you know you're you're watching pitch competitions and you're you're looking at a young student's expectations of user growth in the first year and um you know it takes a little bit to just give students a reality check on hey 
Getting users might cost some money sometimes, right? Um, your best friend isn't always going to be the best user, uh, those types of things. And so it's definitely rewarding um, to, to give advice and lessons learned to people who just have so much passion and they believe in, in, in something that uh, they feel and, and often case, or oftentimes the case um, will actually change or revolutionize the, the world. Um, and you know, it's the least that we can do. So what advice would you give to uh, an entrepreneur starting out that wanted to build their app? <laughs> Find uh, an amazing co-founder, uh, somebody who, if you drew a Venn diagram of yourself and a Venn diagram of that co-founder, the um, intersection in the middle is very, very small. <laughs> um, because, you know, you definitely want to make sure you have people in the right places doing things that they're great at. Um, I'm not the best, you know, at data analytics per se, but you know what? We have Tree who is, you know, the CEO of that department, right? He kind of owns it and takes uh, accountability and also the acknowledgments that come, come with it as well. And so um, I would definitely recommend saying that you just can't do anything by yourself. It is tough. And so find people um, like Brad who are, you know, a complimentary partner um, and, and, you know, and also share a similar passion. So let's talk about the team, about Spotlight, the Spotlight team, and how uh, you've gone about team development while building the app. The best, absolute best team in the world. Um, these guys, I mean, I kind of always say to them, you know, if the app doesn't work tomorrow, it's not that big of a deal. If we could all have a beer and still hang out, that I'm a happy guy. Uh, and that's that's what you get when you create uh, an amazing team that really is codependent on each other. Uh, no one person at Spotluck can do anything without you know the the you know someone else being involved. Um, so for example, you know you can go sign up all the restaurants if you don't have one someone making the digital, making the creative, getting out there, engaging with the community like Lauren does from Arlington actually. Um, you know then then all of it's set up for for failure. It's just a matter of time. But if you get the right gears in the right place, working with each other um, for a greater, greater common goal, uh, that really increases the likelihood of success. And so, uh, big, big shout out. Uh, also, I will tell them that I think since Tom, um, our marketing director, has been out of town for a couple of days, I am undefeated at the office in ping pong. So let it be known when the team hears this. <laughs> um, I'm definitely coming for you, Tom. But uh, but yeah, it's it's really an amazing amazing team. I'd say it's almost like a family, right? It's it's somebody that um, you know you you don't go to work with and go oh got to see them. It's like how is everybody today? And and I think that uh, everybody shares that. Uh, that mentality and that yeah. passion. So it sounds like, in addition to building a team, you've also built a community. Yes, I mean, I feel like the entire app is about building communities, right? I mean, we basically connect the dots between local restaurants and local boards that live above and around them, um, and it's a collaborative community where local restaurants are marketing together. So, what's next? Which marketplaces are you looking at? Which cities? New York like, City, baby. New York, yeah. Heck yeah, we've okay. already got um, you know the teams forming in place. Mm -hmm. um, we've it's just such an amazing market over there. And we've proven that uh, Spotlight can scale. Um, we've got hubs all over now. Uh, and it's software, right? So we can upload map menu photos and create a self-sustaining discounting ecosystem. Um, but New York is, is really something where um, you've got so much competition. Increasing competition is uh, equals very high elasticity of demand. So people are sensitive to pricing. 
And so it really checks the box for, you know, what what would be really great for Spotlock. I mean, if you look at New York City, uh, there is really hard to make a dining decision. Definitely excited about New York City um, and the fact that Philadelphia is growing 25 times faster than D.C. market. Uh, it means that you know it's it's def- we've learned a lot and we can apply those lessons learned in new markets and uh, with DC, Maryland, Virginia, and Philadelphia, uh, we've learned a whole lot and we're going to apply those things and extrapolate it into the Big Apple. So what I've heard from many app developers is that it's very difficult to stand out in a crowded marketplace. What what do you think is the differentiating factor that Spotlight does in being able to to market itself and get itself into the hands of the right consumers? Uh, yeah, you're 100% right. There's a lot of white noise out there. And so uh, it comes down to performance, right? User experience and performance. And mm-hmm. so uh, if you sign up a whole bunch of restaurants and you don't have the pa- the platform balanced with users, sooner or later, restaurants going to say, what the heck am I doing with this thing? Um, and the same thing is if you have too many users without enough choices of restaurants to dine at, you're ultimately going to get users emailing you saying, what the heck, give me more restaurants, uh, keep you know going to the same places. And so uh, it's really about creating a, a two-sided marketplace that's balanced, uh, and that is very challenging to do. Um, but with there is a lot of white noise out there, um, and I think it's great because it says a great thing about technology. But at the same time, um, you always have to look at, hey, look, are there users? Are there restaurants? Is anybody on either side of this platform? Um, because that's that's going to be a testament on whether it's going to stand the test of time. Yeah. So, so what metrics do you think are the most important when it comes to getting your app uh, recognized? Uh, there's a slew of metrics. I mean, you know, we kind of teeter between. Look, you want to get downloads. That's mm-hmm. clearly right, and that's the top end of the funnel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, people see your brand, then you finally get them to the iTunes store. Hopefully, they remember their password because you might lose people with little holes in the funnel throughout the True, process, yeah. right? Um, and then you obviously want them to create an account and so forth. So we track all these things to make sure that there's no one big gap where people are falling off. Uh, but in addition to just getting downloads, you certainly want to get engagement and usage. And so we really uh, look at two things, which are, hey, look, the month over month, you know, and day over day, I should say, you know, increase in new users, but then also the engagement. How, how is it performing in each restaurant, in each hub, in each neighborhood? Has it grown since last month? Um, and that's really important because we always we have a saying at Spotluck, and it's uh, hashtag UTTR, uh, which is up and to the right. <laughs> and so we always want to make sure that that graphs and charts and everything internally as our company look that way. And uh, knock on wood, it always has. And so um, that's been that's been great because uh, you have to have goals. Every month we have a goal, and we every month after month we've you know exceeded um, our own expectations, which has been pretty awesome. So. So talk to me about how you're able to do the work-life balance thing. You mentioned having uh, a child, uh, a wife, a dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. how, do, how do you balance all these different spheres um, of your life together? Having an incredible co-founder that you can rely <laughs> on. Um, and hopefully that, that feeling is mutual. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you can't do it alone. But balancing it is is really um, challenging. Um, I think that my wife has been overly supportive. I think she knows there's a screw loose somewhere up here. Uh, good luck convincing me that prices shouldn't be the same on a Wednesday at, at three when it's raining versus a five. There's, you know, you're going to have a, a tough battle on your hands. And so I think she knows that. Um, and, and she also believes in it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I know I, I speak for, you know, uh, the, the rest of our team with their support system as well, um, which is 
you know, we're going to eat, breathe, live, sleep, spot luck. We have huge expectations for the company. We have the right team that can execute. Um, and so, you know, it's going to take a lot of hard work. But if it was easy, everybody's going to everybody would have done it. Right. Talk to me about the support that you've gotten from the D.C. tech community. I know you've spoken at General Assembly, uh, 1776. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Startup Hoyos earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how is the D.C. tech scene different than other tech hubs? I mean, what, what's unique here that, that makes it so supportive for entrepreneurs? You know, I, I would say that there's a lot of companies that um, either – if they didn't start in D.C., they're trying to penetrate to get the D.C. market. And you have to remember the government's the largest consumer of any product, right? <laughs> um, and so certainly people want to make sure they have a presence in the D.C. area, which is why you see every major entity have, have some sort of presence in Washington, D.C. or the surrounding area. So um, you're always getting great companies coming into the area, which um, allows you to stay on your toes on what technologies are, are you know innovative and what's happening. Um, and the DC tech scene has been awesome from, you know, even some of the meetup groups from uh, DC, uh, Tech Breakfast or DC Tech Meetup. Um, and and it, it's been cool to kind of watch other companies grow uh, as well and even have some friendly competition with some other companies. Uh, I know DC, you know, put in the... Uh, the Marcus. Mar- yeah. yeah. Mar- uh, tech Madness, which was... <laughs> Really pretty awesome where they, they ranked up 64 companies, which company is going to be the most valuable in the next five years. Uh, and so we were, you know, up there. We were a 16 seed. So it was a nice. true Cinderella story. <laughs> um, and, and we were up there with companies with, you know, 3,000 employees mm-hmm. doing 500 million annual sales and so forth and publicly traded companies. And um, who'd have thought a company that was in my basement two years ago ended up winning the whole thing. And so... Uh, and that was partly because of, you know, it, it's a good product, but we also have a great following as well. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was cool, friendly competition. I remember talking with the Canvas CEO mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, he and I were actually doing a MIT enterprise forum uh, sp- uh, speaking engagement together. And it was the day before they were announcing who the winner was. And we were both in the, you know, the finals. And so oh, it, was, wow, it was definitely, yeah, so <laughs> we were there. taking photos, kind of posing with right, the boxing right. gloves and so forth. But um, at the end of the day, you know, he's created a kick-ass company and a product that's amazing. And um, I certainly support uh, support what um, other companies want to do 100%. Awesome. Is there anything you else, uh, you'd like to leave us with today? Um, gosh, if, if you haven't noticed, uh, a, a big kind of common denominator on, on the things we touched on is, is team and people. Um, you know, you can have the best product in the world. You can have the best patents in the world. You know, um, if you don't have the right people, it really doesn't matter. And so I uh, just, again, wanted to just give a shout out not only to our D.C. team, our Philly team, our India team, uh, our team in California, um, and, and a big shout out to um, our you know, management team that's really kind of connecting all the dots and making sure that we're, we're moving forward in the right direction. So, um, again, just wanted to leave everybody with, with that. And from an advice standpoint, again, find the right team, find the right co-founder, find the right VPs, <laughs> uh, and, and things should fall in place. And don't take my enthusiasm the wrong way. We certainly have a long way to go. It is just a good foundation, but um, you know, we, we really believe in what we're doing. And it certainly seems like you're poised for success. Well, Sherian, thanks so much for joining us today. You can get more information about Spotluck by going to www.spotluck.com. That's S-P-O-T-L-U-C-K.com. And also looking on the 
uh, the yeah. Apple Store and Android. Yeah, it's a native iOS, native Android. The other thing I wanted to tell people, too, is that uh, we will have a huge presence at the Taste of D.C. this year, um, which is what we're all about, food, fun, and local. So keep uh-huh. an eye out on what we're going to be doing there. It's going to be pretty pretty cool. We teamed up with uh, Drink the District to really put on a show. So What's the date fun. for that? Uh, that is in October. So, October. Yeah, okay. so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're definitely excited for that. So keep be, on the, be on the lookout for it. All right. Keep mm-hmm. it on our radars. Well, yeah. thanks so much again. Yeah. Subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and connect with us on our blog, dc-entrepreneur.com. If you have any tips or ideas for stories, please tweet at us or message us on Facebook. Please tune in to our next episode. And thanks for listening.